Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 292, I am welcoming on Connected Families coaches, Chad and Stacy, and they are going to help us nag less, connect more through the power of questions. Understanding, right, that God made my child a workmanship who is very different from me, (laughs) who's thinking different than me, who's going to behave differently than me, that has a different personality. Just understanding that, and although she, you know they're so different, they are so capable. So I want to learn what's going on inside of my child, no matter the situation. And so we use the image of a parent snorkeling. We go along in life, and we're often snorkeling, and we have our little goggles. You know, we're kind of looking a little bit, but I think you know mostly, you know, I'm just swimming through life. Um, but we want to get on our scuba gear. We want to put on the oxygen tank and go down deeper and really get curious about what's going on inside my child at the moment. And then I can start to ask curious questions. I don't know about y'all, but I tend more towards correcting and criticizing and controlling instead of being curious. And that's why I'm so thankful for Connected Families over the years. Jim and Lynn Jackson, who founded Connected Families, have been on the show. And this episode, I get the privilege of welcoming on Chad Hyenga and Stacy Bellward. They are two Connected Families coaches, and they're just kind of walking us through this concept of using questions to help guide moments that in the past we may have nagged or continued Uh, to cause division and stress in our relationships. I don't know about y'all, but especially during these times of quarantine. So they have a course, the Power of Questions course that we will have links to in the show notes. And we have a coupon code for you that we'll share at the end of the show. Uh, But I also wanted to tell you that Chad and I and Stacey did a little role play acting out some of the concepts they're going to share today. And if you want to check that out, it's over on our YouTube channel, Don't Mom Alone. We have a link to that in the show notes as well. If you're curious as you're listening to see what would this actually look like? How would it be different in my interactions with my kids? All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Stacey and Chad, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're excited to hear from more of the Connected Families team and especially on this topic y'all are bringing to us. But before we get to it, I'd love for y'all to tell us a little bit about yourself. So Stacey, why don't you go first? Sure. My name is Stacy Bellward. I've been married to my Scottish husband, Scottish with an accent, so intercultural marriage for 20 years this year. And we have two daughters. They are early high schoolers. Our oldest we adopted from Ethiopia, so we're an adoptive family too, but we live in Minnesota. That's us. Very cool. Okay, go ahead, Chad. Your turn. Yeah, I have uh, been married for 27 years to my Brazilian wife, and uh, we have three daughters. Stacy and I have the girls covered here. Uh, <laughs> one who uh, just recently was married, so I have a son-in-law, which has been amazing. Uh, and then uh, my middle daughter uh, is in Fiji right now with uh, Youth with a Mission, and my youngest is uh, 18 and just graduated 
uh, high school. Wow. <laughs> okay, so you'll have some experience under your belt, but not only that, are you both family parent coaches at Connected Families? We are. We're both certified uh, leadership coaches. And Chad, Chad, you're a marriage and family therapist, right? Yep. So a marriage and family therapist, certified life coach. And we do, we do coaching and interact with parents a lot every, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day and they said that they had like a 20 minute session with you, Chad, and it changed so much for their family. So oh, I appreciate great. Yeah, all the work that you guys are doing, it matters. And today we're kind of going to talk through, man, how to argue less with our kids and ask wise questions so we can connect with them even in moments that typically disconnect and cause frustration. So kind of walk us through what's going on. Like why has nagging and arguing become such a common struggle for families? I think particularly with all this time and we're spending together lately. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, we're all going through COVID and just (laughs) in the house together a lot these days, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think families get into these habits or these patterns that feel like a tug of war, right? Parents are, we're just trying to get all the stuff done. We're managing life. We really have good intentions about fixing the problems that we're seeing all around us, right? The, the messy house or the messy room or the tasks that need to be done. And we feel responsible for those things. And that often comes out in telling and nagging and telling again. And did you remember that I told you, you need to pick up your backpack. It's still laying (laughs) next to the door, right? And so it becomes kind of like this tug of war with our kids. Um, And that becomes a pattern in our families. And, you know, I don't know about you, Heather, but I was just tired of it. It was like, why is this the pattern of, you know, the way that we talk all the time? And so that's why Chad and I wrote this course. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the, the coaching that we do as well, after a while, you just start to see the parents' engagement with routine struggles, right? I mean, just, just basic chores, just basic getting out the door on time, having Uh, a morning routine or an evening routine or whatever it might be and how much conflict that was continuing to cause. And, and, uh, you know, we all have this picture of having a family that gets along and is cooperative and works together. And, and, uh, and here we are coaching lots of parents and families who are reporting that it's just the opposite of that. That's right. We actually have a picture in the online course, a little comic that we had drawn and it's the mom on one side with this tug of war rope and the overflowing garbage can is right in the middle and the child is on the other side holding it and she's saying take out the garbage for the hundredth time and the child's saying no I don't want to and that's that's a picture of what I think the pattern becomes yeah I mean I, I feel like there are I've been saying for years, there are these scripts that we get ourselves into, where mm-hmm. I say this, and then they say this, and I say that, and every time. And so it would be fantastic to get out of those patterns of tug of war and yeah. struggle. And I think almost shock our kids with a different response. So right. yeah, when you guys were forming this course, how did scripture and faith kind of fit into this approach you came up with of asking questions? Yeah, I think as, as we look at Scripture and we, we consider how Jesus uh, approached people, 
you know, it was surprising to me when I first learned that, that Jesus asked 307 questions that are recorded in the Gospels. Wow. Uh, and uh, that's a lot of questioning. And uh, we think about Jesus as being a great teacher, and Jesus is a great teacher, but he oftentimes used questions to build wisdom and to hold people accountable. And just a couple of my favorites, you know, simple questions. Um, there's a blind man on the side of the road in Matthew 20, 32, and, and uh, Jesus simply says, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. It's like, it's a simple question. Uh, he is inquiring of the man. Uh, it might seem obvious, but he's asking the question rather than just kind of coming in and, and doing what he does. And I think it's an honoring question. And it's, it's actually a question we can use with our own kids. What do you want me to do for you? Uh, rather than telling or reminding or kind of going off on a tangent there. The other one that I, I really like a lot is in Mark nine thirty three, where uh, the disciples had been arguing about who was the greatest. Mm-hmm. And Jesus asked them a question. And he said, what were you arguing about on the road? And it says in the next verse that they kept silent. <laughs> because they were arguing about who was the greatest. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think the human parenting perspective would be to figuratively throw your arm up on the seat, you know, in the car, look back and go, what are you doing? How many times have I told you to, you know, to knock it off or stop arguing or bickering? Jesus asks the question and he turns it into a teaching opportunity um, where he talks about being the servant of all. And uh, then he brings a child onto his lap and he uses that again. And I just, I really like that. And there are reasons that our kids don't talk to us. Sometimes it's because they're guilty. <laughs> like we ask the question and, and their best response really is don't say anything here. Right. Um, yeah. But Jesus asking those questions, I think is really, really instructive for us. As we're able to ask those questions, they really show the fruit of the spirit coming out in us. And I think that your listeners are familiar with connected families and the you are safe message. And that's where we're asking ourselves the question, what's going on in me? And when I can ask that question in the midst of, you know, whatever situation I'm dealing with, then I can slow down enough to let those fruits of the spirit come out, which mean that I can ask that thoughtful question that Jesus modeled for us. So that's showing how Jesus just is just influencing how we can ask these questions. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, Jesus's question sounded a lot different than when you said, Chad, what are you guys doing back there? That's still a question, <laughs> but it's more shaming and like right, right. <laughs> not going to produce uh, maybe the fruit that you're hopeful for uh, or solve anything. So what types of questions should we ask? How yeah. do we come up with those? Because do you have to come up with them ahead of time or is it like a formula? <laughs> I know there's no formula for parenting, but give us some guidance. Yeah, well, in the course, we we have put together four categories of questions that can guide um, the question that you ask in the midst of whatever situation you're dealing with with your children. One of them is define the issue questions, which is really asking, you know, what's going on right here? And so you can start off with that question, you know, whatever the situation is, but really like an example is, what bothers you most about not getting invited to the party? So you're asking your child to think a little bit deeper about what is happening right then. 
another kind of question, another category of question is a perspective question, which is how would this look from another person's perspective? And I love these questions. They're good to think about no matter the situation, but it's, you know, here's an example. Um, what would your teacher say happened? <laughs> let's, let's have them think in another way. So um, a quick visual of that is maybe a vase that's sitting on the table and we look at it from one angle, but we're asking our kids to think about the situation, having stepped to a different side of that table and look at that vase, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that brings wisdom in our kids. And it seems to me that it's not just the type, but how you're asking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Your I mean, we, tone we, and your approach. Yeah. We talk about um, coming to the conversation or the question uh, from a posture of lighthearted curiosity. Yeah. So if, if we come to it and we're not very curious, uh, as you noted, our question, although it ended with a question mark, might not have been very curious what is going on back there <laughs> or uh, hey sounds like there's some strong feelings and words going on back there what's going on right, right? Uh, you you can feel that that difference in your kids our kids know the difference uh, between curiosity and lightheartedness uh, and I'm trying to prove a point here so I think I think starting there getting ourselves to a place where we can ask a curious lighthearted question is a really great starting point yeah. That's hard for some of us that tend more towards the control and the intense, just my way or the highway kind of approach to parenting. I think that goes back to the you are safe and dealing with our own issues. But to me, a lot of times when I'm in that mode, it's I just want everything to stop because I want control and I want peace. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't tend towards being a curious person. Mm -hmm. It's just not my personality type. But how, I mean, how do you get someone to be more curious? How do you, if that's not their natural mm -hmm. event? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first, my first thought uh, about uh, getting more curious is one of the things that you mentioned earlier is that we, we kind of know that a lot of these situations are going to happen. And yet sometimes we feel, we act surprised by it. Like what? These <laughs> like, kids are arguing and fighting that. again? Yeah. <laughs> like, hold on a second. So some of it is just about ourselves being prepared for what we know is coming. Uh, and if I know it's coming, then I can game plan for a different kind of response. But if I'm surprised every time I see what really I shouldn't be all that surprised at seeing, uh, then I'm going to likely respond in some pretty um, controlling or just reactive sorts of ways. So um, I think a good first step is just, just thinking about right now, like, okay, what am I going to see today? <laughs> Guaranteed, I'm going to see it. Uh, and how do I want to respond differently with a curious question uh, in that situation that might allow the tone of that conversation and my curiosity to, to take us in a different direction? Uh, so it's, it's not really like let's overhaul everything, but first let's just, let's just take one example that we know is going to happen and game plan for that one. That's good. I love that. And for me, it was the message you are called incapable that allowed me to get out of my controlling um, posture as a parent and become more curious. Um, because understanding, right, that God made my child a workmanship who is very different from me. 
<laughs> who's thinking different than me, who's going to behave differently than me, that has a different personality. Just understanding that. And, and although, she, you know, they're so different, they are so capable. So I want to learn what's going on inside of my child, no matter the situation. And so we use the image of a parent snorkeling. We go along in life and we're often snorkeling and we have our little goggles, you know, we're kind of looking a little bit, but I think, you know, mostly, you know, I'm just swimming through life. Um, but we want to get on our scuba gear. <laughs> we want to put on the oxygen tank and go down deeper and really get curious about what's going on inside my child at the moment. And then I can start to ask curious questions. Yeah, that makes me think of how behavior communicates, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of just reacting to the behavior, kind of being inquisitive about where it's coming from, that is helpful. Yeah. That's good and, insight. And we, we talk in the, in the course really about building wisdom through questions and building responsibility through questions. Mm -hmm. So that questions can be aren't just asking questions so then I can hear what you have to say so I can tell you what I think. Um, mm. But questions that, that we can ask that would actually build a deeper wisdom in our kids. Uh, and then how do we hold our kids accountable uh, through asking questions? Because a lot of times parents will answer questions that, or tell kids things that their kids already know. Mm -hmm. Right, Like, hey, okay, it's time for bed. So um, get your snack and brush your teeth and go to bed. And uh, if you're not in bed on time, you're not going to have a story read to you. Mm. Right. I mean, how many times have I uttered those yeah. words? But our kids already know all that stuff. So instead of telling them, just ask them, hey, what usually happens about about right now, <laughs> you know, depending on the age of your, your child, a six, seven, eight year old. Um, my oldest would, she is a truth teller. God bless her. Uh, she could not lie. So she would always say, well, it's about bedtime, right? <laughs> yes. And the other two were like, don't say anything. Maybe he doesn't know, right? <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah. And what happens at bedtime? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you want to do first? And then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and if you get to bed on time, then what's going to happen? Right. Yep. You get your story. Yeah, cool. So it'll be interesting to see what you decide to do. I'll see you there in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. That's a different yeah, that conversation, sounds better. right? That <laughs> sounds better than what's been happening around here at bedtime. Yeah, it's the hardest thing during COVID is getting people to end the day. Yeah, and so, it doesn't mean it's simple like that. No, but that's a different approach. Yeah. yeah, just asking those questions helps build wisdom and we start to gain responsibility. Which is really important as you guys are launching adults out into the world. I mean, I, I can see where that whole helicopter parenting or lawnmower parenting or whatever parenting approach is trendy right now, where we're kind of guiding the way, micromanaging the whole thing that our kids don't know how to function on their own and solve problems. And this seems like a great tool to kind of start that up no matter how old they are. <laughs> you can always start gaining a little wisdom in them. Hey, y'all. I'm excited to share one of this month's sponsors with you, especially because I got to try them out this week. They sent me a couple boxes of their macro bars for kids, and they're really yummy. My 10-year-old was telling all of his brothers that those were actually for him. 
that I told him that those were all his. And he's really, it's hard to get him to eat different foods. And so I was thrilled to have a good option for him. Go Macro is mother, daughter owned and based in a rural community, but they have a mission to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle with products that have a positive effect on the world. They have 15 different mouth-watering flavors, and they're made with 100% plant-based ingredients. And you can just grab them on the go. I grabbed one before we headed out to an event, and it was so easy. If you have dietary restrictions, um, they have three nut-free flavors. Go check them out over at gomacro.com and use the code DMA to get 30% off your order and free shipping on all orders over $60. That's gomacro.com and use the promo code DMA to get 30% off. Are there questions that we should not ask? We talked about the tone and how you approach it, but are there certain questions that are still controlling, I feel like? Yes, for sure. We call them trapping questions. Okay. (laughs) It's the question of you walk into the kitchen and you know your child was supposed to be getting the kitchen done and they're sitting over at the table looking at their phone or something and you're like, are you doing the, are you doing the kitchen or, you know, why isn't the kitchen done yet? Like that's a Mm -hmm. question, but it's such with so much judgment that what happens, you just immediately fall back into that tug of war. Well, I was gonna, I'm almost done. Right. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just looking at this and and that's a trapping question. And so we want to step back and put on that lighthearted, curious core and, and ask a different kind of question. So it would be noticing what is the good of the situation? Like, hey, look, I can see, you know, the table's cleared off. You made it to the kitchen. Without sarcasm, right? Not patronizing. That's yeah. right. And, and usually my questions come out then more like, like, how much more time do you think you need before the kitchen will be done? Mm. And that's a genuine question. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, you know, how much do you need? And it helps them build wisdom. Like, oh, okay. Or I might ask a question, you know, how much time do you need to get this done? Because uh, soccer practice is at seven. So I'm building wisdom. How are you going to plan your time for the next, you know, hour and a half or so? Mm. Um, But there's lots of, there's lots of questions we shouldn't ask. Another one is a why question. I think why questions, um, they just make people want to just resist right away. You know, I'm being challenged when you ask me a why question, you know, mm-hmm. why isn't your homework done? Why haven't you gotten your shower taken yet? Why isn't the dog fed? We ask these questions mm. all the time and those are not helpful kinds of mm. questions. So like when you're saying why questions aren't, and you'd kind of talked about what types before, but are there certain, (laughs) my speech pathology brain is now going into the (laughs) question types. Are there like what, how, when, why, where, like, are there certain ones that are great go-tos? Like if I had to think of it right now, I could pull that up and have success. Well, the quick tip that I used even on myself as I was learning how to be a coach was just start your question with what or how. Okay. Those two questions. And, and, and don't say anything until you've got your question that starts with what. Mm. Ooh, and, and, and it doesn't even matter in the beginning, maybe even what, you know, what have you been up to? What? You know, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How are you thinking about the kitchen right now? You know, you start faulty, but I think that's also really good to acknowledge with our kids. You know, I'm trying to ask more questions and it's going to come out a little funny sometimes, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to ask more. So <laughs> what or how? Okay. That's good. That's good. But yeah, I can see, I can see some pretty awkward questions coming out in the next few days. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Give yourself grace for that. Here's all grace. Any other tips on the, what to ask, what not to ask, Chan? Yeah, I think just recognizing the, the questions that build up a defensiveness, right? So why questions do that oftentimes, but am I coming in curious uh, am I coming in lighthearted and is it building a wall or is it dropping the wall? And uh, mm. sometimes even empathetic statements that kind of end with questions like, uh, sounds like you're having a rough time here, are you? That's an observation we're making. Seemed like you were really upset, am I right? Um, and, and those tend to get us to yes, right? And yeah, when you when you get a yeah from a, a child and even adults, it is a connector. It's like, you get me, you understand me, and I'll likely go with you on a journey of, of a conversation if I feel understood by you. But if I feel judged by you, or if I feel like I've got to be defensive around you, uh, I'll likely be pretty resistant to that. So even though that's a yes, no question, if yeah. it lends to a positive yes, then yeah. it's, it's better a, than nothing. Than it's a, empathy. It's yeah. a, it's a, yeah. And then, you know, out of that can be, well, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to do from here? That's wisdom building. Again, what, what steps do you want to take from where you're at right now? Or I understand that you're disappointed. Uh, how do you want to move forward? Okay. I know from personal experience that I just want to tell them how to move forward because <laughs> I can see it, right? Well, yeah. Why is sitting there? I mean, you've got some other things you could be doing. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Those don't tend to create wisdom. And most of the time, those kind of get shot down by our kids anyway. They're like, you know, no, I don't want to do that or whatever the response might be. I just had this idea and some parents might be thinking it. How young can you use questions? I know developmentally with language comprehension, they'll understand a question before they use a question. They'll comprehend the what, when, where um, how, like before they would, a why question anyway, but have you seen it be beneficial starting at a certain age? Questions can be used with kids. Um, I think as young as they can understand your question and it's even good as parents to start getting used to asking questions. And I think about little kids love to ask lots of questions, right? So we're at the park. Why is he on the swing? We get lots of, you know, the funny ones. Why is the duck swimming? You know, and, and we can respond with questions. You know, we talked earlier about how Jesus did that. Why do you think the duck's swimming? Why do you think and these kinds of, so those kinds of responses build wisdom, even in kids, you know, super small, really little, and then they get to answer it. And then we get to talk to them about that. Yeah, they like swimming. Ducks definitely swim in the water. Their babies learn how to swim really early too. Um, and those are fun, fun wisdom growing conversations, even with little ones. Yeah. And what you just said, if they're asking a question, then they've already understood it. If they're asking a why question, then they understand why. If they're understanding, if they're asking what questions. Mm -hmm. So 
if they're typically developing <laughs> language skills. Yeah. Um, okay. So y'all also talk about listening. What is active listening and what role does it play in growing wisdom and responsibility? Yeah, listening is so important, and listening to understand is uh, a primary goal, uh, rather than listening to agree. And that's a a big learning curve, I think, for most of us uh, who are many times generating our own response while the other person is talking. And so we talk about a, a model, a conversational model. Uh, and we've, we've touched on the first part of asking a lighthearted, curious question. And then the second part of that really is the parent is listening to understand, but not necessarily agree. So we're asking some, some other questions about clarifying. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is this. Uh, and, and then the third part of the conversational model really is just asking that clarifying question, resisting the urge to start telling. And I think this is a growing edge for a lot, a lot of us as parents that we ask the question, we get the answer, and then we just start talking. Uh, mm. But ask the next question. And this is a really good challenge for us. Before we're going to just tell people what we think, to tell our kids what we think, just ask another question. Bring some clarity. So what I'm hearing you say is this, or um, what are your thoughts about that? and then let them fill in the gaps. And then the fourth aspect of the conversational model really is when you've worked to clarify and understand, then offer your perspective, offer your wisdom. There are times where as parents, we have to talk, we want to talk, we want to teach, we want to give our perspective, we want to give wisdom to our kids, uh, but just hold out <laughs> a little bit longer. Uh, ask, the, ask the lighthearted question, uh, listen to understand, not necessarily agree, ask another question, and then give your perspective. You know, when my girls were little, I think my oldest was maybe in first grade when she would tell me so many stories, and she she was really into football, and I'm just not very sporty. I, I love your daughter. <laughs> I know. We have good football conversations. That's hilarious. <laughs> And um, she, she's quite the expert on it. But even as a, as a little one, she just wanted to tell me all the stuff about all these things. And I was, you know, running some businesses and working from home and doing all the things. And it was so hard for me to listen to these long stories of things that weren't so interesting to me. And I, and I remember feeling like the Lord said to me, Stacy, stop, look in her eyes and listen to her. And man, that has just changed how I've interacted with both of my girls since then. And we teach this in the course. Listening is when, if our kids can handle it, sometimes they would like shoulder to shoulder, but eye contact. It's yeah. the leaning forward. It's the, hmm, yeah, uh-huh. It's those noises that we make that show our kids that we're really engaged. And you guys, parents out there, it's putting our phone away. Right. It's putting our phone away and even, you know, put it away so we don't even hear it vibrate or feel it vibrating in our back pocket. It's showing our kids that we're really engaged and it gets back to that, that belief that we have about them, that they are called and capable, that they are God's workmen. And when I listen to them actively, I'm telling them like what you have to say is important. Hmm. I want to know what you're thinking right now. And I want to connect with you and what you're thinking. And that is on any age, 
right? That can be a two-year-old, a six-year-old, a 15, and, and really all the people in our lives. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, this could be a skill that pretty much all of the world needs right now. Right. Is, we're right so isolated and only connecting digitally that we're forgetting to listen, and yes. we can't look in each other's eyes. But I was thinking, as you guys have been talking, that if we're struggling to ask these questions with our kids, maybe we could bring this up with our spouse and practice yeah. with our spouses. I mean, I don't, I don't think it would hurt a relationship. <laughs> maybe <laughs> ask more questions and nag and argue less and listen. Those all seem like really good marriage tips to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree. Yes. Yeah. Especially since we're not getting a lot of other adult time. Um, mm-hmm. I can imagine that possibly a spouse is, feeling not heard or we're just not having a place to really process what's going on in us. And Mm -hmm. so to be better listeners and question askers, instead of kind of putting what we think our spouse should do Mm -hmm. (laughs) on them. um, This is good things for me to think about here, Chad, Mm -hmm. Stacy. (laughs) Good. Well, do y'all have any quick tips, any more tips on how to get started with asking instead of telling yeah, I think a really good quick tip is, you know, we, we, we were just talking about listening. So as we're listening, here's a tip. Just say a couple words of the person or your child's last sentence. Hmm. You know, man, I'm so disappointed. And the parent says, disappointed? You know, that, can you hear the curiosity in that? Yeah. Yes, I'm so disappointed because soccer's been canceled. Oh, canceled. That one word, you know, you're so present in the conversation. They know you're listening and they'll just keep talking. It's like an invitation to them to keep Mm -hmm. going. And so I I, I love that tip. I think it works. Another one is it sounds like you're upset. So using the two phrases, it sounds like, or it seems like, seems like Mm -hmm. you're really angry right now. Those two phrases are just great for showing empathy, showing that you're listening, and just uh, causing the conversation to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think one other thing I would add is just is uh, when you're starting to ask more questions, that you can tell your kids <laughs> that I have uh, come to a place where I think I've been talking and nagging and coaxing and reminding and bribing. Uh, and I don't think based on what I'm seeing from you, you don't seem to appreciate it and I don't really like it. And yeah. so I'm going to work at, and it might be a little awkward and, and, and it'll feel a little weird, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm going to start asking a few more questions uh, rather than talking and telling and uh, just kind of directing from that perspective. And so there might be even times where I don't even know what to say. And so I might be just thinking, uh, just, you know, cluing our kids in a little bit that uh, we want to do some things differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Y'all have been so helpful today. I think I feel inspired. I'm kind of a little excited for the next time I get to try this, which will probably be in the next 10 minutes. Yes, but- <laughs> a little excited. I like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got new tools I get to play with. So I appreciate you and tell everybody a little bit about the course. So they, I will put links in the show notes and everything and point them to it through social media and the emails, but tell them a little bit about it and what they'll get, how it's structured. The course is four sessions and each session is about 25 minutes. 
So really, to get through the course will just be over about two hours of your time. But there's some questions that students can answer right online. And in the online course, you don't have to be online at any given time. It's all there in the World Wide Web. Um, <laughs> the interweb. The interwebs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we have a promo code. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah tell it. Yeah. For your audience is DMA20. That gives you 20% off. But the course is, I think it's $36 full price. $38. So, $38. $38. Do I hear 40? Yeah, yeah. We're going to keep going. It's worth more. Yeah. Save your sanity. How much is your sanity worth? Yeah, so that's fantastic. So they'll get 20% off if they use DMA20. That's right. Okay. And we'll put that link in those show notes and y'all can check it out. Um, check all those sessions out. I really appreciate y'all being on today and Thank for all, all so your much, work. Eric. We Thank hope you. you have a fantastic rest of your summer. Thanks. We will do that. So maybe that conversation inspired you to try out with your kids asking questions. I know I got off the call and I immediately was like, okay, I can do this. I can be more curious. I think that was the key for me, not just thinking I need to ask questions because that sometimes led to still controlling with questions, but I need to be curious. And it's really helped the most with my more strong-willed kids. And if you haven't gotten to, uh, go to our YouTube channel, Don't Mom Alone, and you will get to see me role-playing an actual situation with one of my boys about um, me trying to set a boundary and him not really loving that boundary. So we uh, Chad kind of shows me how I could have responded differently and questions I could have asked. And it's tricky. It's hard for me because – uh, it's hard for me to handle when my kids are disrespectful and to not respond with equal intensity. So, um, yeah, it was really it's really helpful to hear him role play and stay calm. And I know we're just pretending, so it's hard in the moment. But I hope it's an encouragement to y'all, especially when we're getting in ruts with um, quarantine and just a lot of the same that we could maybe disrupt those habits and patterns with asking questions with our spouse and with our friends and being better listeners and more curious. All right, I'm going to pray over us. Lord, I thank you that Jesus modeled this so well. I thank you that he was uh, God incarnate and even though he knows everything and has the ability to make anyone do what he wants them to do, that he pursued relationship and connection. And he did that through asking questions like rabbis did in the time. And I pray that we would take a step back and consider a different approach with our kids to be connected, like we learned a couple weeks ago, how that impacts um, the future of their faith. And so may we put in the energy to learn a new way. And I pray for everyone listening. I pray for health and safety and peace, um, that peace would wash over them, that they would be overwhelmed by the peace that passes understanding in the midst of really <sighs> unknown things, um, that you would be their present peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Next week, we start Summer of Mentorship. What that means is for six weeks, we will be republishing previous episodes from mentors, and we also will be providing discussion questions. So there's nothing you need to do 
if you already listened to the show, these episodes will just pop up into your podcast player. But if you want to connect with some friends and kind of lead, it sounds so official to say lead, but just kind of hang out and discuss these episodes, you can use those questions to do that. And if you want even more support, you could go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash join. And that's where you sign up for emails to connect with our private Facebook group and get support from other Don't Mom Alone podcast club leaders. Ask questions, get ideas, that kind of thing. All right. I will see you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.